It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. Listen, I love the Philadelphia Eagles, but we all know drafting hasn't been their forte. That's the opponent. Shake his hand and get to the damn locker room. Whether it's the fight Bills, the birds, the fly guys, the process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. I mean, the Eagles had that game, and I hate the Saints. Like, put them at the top of my list now. With the Cowboys, the Giants, the Redskins, the Vikings are up there. Screw them. The Patriots. I hate the Saints now. And John Nita. Jimmy Butler was your best player. So this offseason, I don't care how many millions it takes, Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, what's good? But we know one thing is not good. We're going to spend a lot of time on it. Ugh. Johnny Mita. What's up, man? By the way, I'm Joe O'Donnell. Johnny Mita. What do you got? What up? What up? What up? <laughs> I uh, just want to apologize to the uh, listeners. Last week, uh, the quality was horrendous on my end. So hopefully this will sound a little more clear, a little more crisp. But uh, I guarantee you that the, uh, that the venom is going to be there for another week, man. Oh, God. Yeah, last two weeks have not been good. To think this was a 3-2 and two football team after beating the snot out of the hapless Jets, thinking that, you know, 4-3 and three probably at this point in their first place in the division, and now to be 3-4 and four with literally zero hope after that game in Dallas. 37-10 the final. The biggest ass-whooping the Cowboys have handed the Eagles since 1998. One of the more uninspiring performances I can ever remember from an Eagles football team, and at least in recent memory, from the standpoint there was like literally nothing to get excited about. I mean, there was maybe an eight-minute span late in the first quarter into early into the second quarter where I thought the Eagles were going to get it together and make it a football game. And other than that, it was a complete and utter grease fire, a goddamn joke, and rather embarrassing to the point where, to the point where. Just some of the hate I was getting, the Cowboys fans I know, like, and I just had to sit there and own it. Just say, look, this is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed that I'm a fan of this team. I'm embarrassed at their performance, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win the Super Bowl now. Like, there is nothing about that game that makes me think this team will turn it around. Now, can they? Yes, possibly. Will they? I don't know. We'll find out Sunday. Sunday's going to go a long way, John Mead, in determining the fate of this football team because the line's only one and a half. And when you're the road team, you're pretty much always getting a field goal. So Vegas is saying they think the Eagles are going to play inspired football. They don't think the Bills are that good, inflated by their terrible schedule that they've played opponent-wise and record-wise. And they think the Eagles should be in this football game. Obviously, for a lot of the season, we probably believe the same. But the last two weeks have been so disheartening. And obviously, Sunday night was as bad as it gets. I've got much more to get to on the Cowboys game. But I'll let you step in, my friend. And just how disheartened and frustrated and angry you were with what you saw on national TV Sunday night. Like you said before, just an utter embarrassment. Like, there was no fight. You didn't see anybody getting pissed off. You know, they come out, they drop a total egg right at the start of the game. And you don't see guys getting in people's face. You don't see Carson trying to fire up the troops. You don't see anything. And when you don't see that, you know, it gives the impression that they don't care. I mean, it also gives the impression that maybe the coach has lost the team for the season, which that's a complete red flag. And 
it, they they just got they just got their tails whipped in every phase. I, I mean, it was like one team wanted the game, and then the other team wishes that they never got off the plane. And some of the lack of effort. I mean, just guys just not even trying. Eleven just, missed tackles in the first half of basically a must-win yeah, I mean, game. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just so poor and. The coaching, man. We're going to start pointing at the coaching on this team and, and both sides of the ball. You know, offensively, the game planning, they're not creative. Like, Doug against Green Bay. I mean, that was like, like I said before, that was the best game he's called in in, in, in weeks and, in, in, you know, in a season and a half. And then they go up against the Cowboys, you know, a familiar foe, and they just get dusted. Um, it, it was just, it, it's just, I, I can't take it. I can't take it. And, and there's, and the other thing is too, not only do they look bad moving forward, but you look at the future of this team because they're so old. It's like nobody. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, he looks like he's gotten slower. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just not good. It, I, I don't know. What, I'm almost like speechless, which is crazy. But you know, I, I could dial up. There's so many plays. I mean, the one play that pissed me off is the Nelson Aguilar play. I mean, this guy has a ball that, at the very least, if he lays out, at least he gets his hands on. There's another ball. I think it was in the Jets game. I'm like, he was down the sideline. It wasn't the greatest pass, but I think he was kind of like streaking, almost looked like a, a wheel route down the sideline. And he didn't lay out for that ball. And it, it's, it's been more than one occasion. For this guy, and then he doesn't get targeted in weeks. I mean, I don't know. And and, and the other thing is, so where has the screen game gone? It's been you know? it's been invisible. And and here's the thing that's frustrated me: the last look, the Cowboys have won the last four games now against the Eagles, and I know one of them was that garbage end of the 2017 season where it was like six nothing cowgirls. Right, right. It was a complete like it was a waste of a game from the Eagles' standpoint. Right, they had everything wrapped up home field. They didn't play anybody. She could throw that one out. But the last three games have been meaningful, and the Eagles haven't won any of them. And what's frustrating me about those games is that the Cowboys check the ball down nonstop. Prescott drops back. He doesn't see anybody. He just dumps it off to Elliott, who's in front of the linebackers. He drags the guy three yards. Now they've picked up six. And that has not been a part of the Eagles' game plan for a struggling offense. Just get positive yards. Everything seems to be these middle-of-the-road type passes. These 8 to 10, 12-yard passes, they're taking too long to develop for a line that's leaking at times and receivers that aren't getting enough separation. But there's nothing underneath getting the ball to the playmakers and letting them do something with it. The first play of the game Sunday night was a 3-yard out to Nelson Aguilar who gets upfield for 2 yards. It was 2nd and 5. That play didn't happen again the rest of the game. In fact, Aguilar caught one other pass the rest of the freaking night. And I think the receivers as a whole caught four. Jeffrey, two. Aguilar, two. That's embarrassing. And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's the line. I don't know if Wentz is brain, like, like if he's traumatized, if he's mind you know what Like, I just don't know where the problem is because it seems like the problem is everywhere. I, I want to blame the coaching, but then I'm like, this is a roster that half the team won a Super Bowl two years ago pretty much. Right? These guys made the playoffs last year with almost the exact same set of skill position players. So it's not that they don't have talent. I'm tired of this aging, they don't have talent narrative. I'm tired of it. 
It's not true. There's no way everybody in the world, literally, that watches football overvalued this team. From you and I to Ray Dittinger to ESPN, people picked this team to win the Super Bowl. Las Vegas had them as a favorite, so that means they have talent. They've suffered injuries, but every team does. They have talent. They have experience. These guys have been winners, but they lack it right now. And I don't know what it is, but that team in 2017 had it. This team does not. They have no fight. They're behind the eight ball. They're trailing every game. They're sloppy. Execution stinks. Turnovers. Penalties. No inspiration. No no big hits. The defensive line can't get any pressure. Like, it's literally everything about the team other than Jake Elliott. And trust me, he's going to miss a big kick at some point. So I don't know. I'm not trying to be sky is falling guy. I really try to keep in perspective after the Minnesota loss that all they had to do is win against Dallas and the whole city be back on board. And then you get blown out by Dallas. And I don't know how to pick up the pieces. If they beat Buffalo, the Cowboys have a bye. Each team's got four wins. You're right back in the middle of it. But if you go to Buffalo and lay an egg against a team that's pretty good defensively and will have a clear home field advantage, you go in there and lay an egg, and this is going to be a long season because the Bears who stink are coming to town. You've got a bye. you got the Patriots and the Seahawks. Like They're not going to win all three of those games. So now you're looking at maybe six losses already. And last time I checked, you get seven or more. You ain't making the playoffs most years. So this team's got a lot of soul-searching to do, but I'm tired of the narrative, John Mita, that they don't have talent, that they are too old. Like, when they had, when they did all the restructuring of contracts in the summer, I want to go back and find the tweets. People tweeting, look at all the core. Howie Roseman's locked up their core. All these guys under 30, under contract for the next five years. Goddard, Ertz, Jeffrey, Wentz. They're, down, they're going through the list, the list of the stars they have under contract that aren't aging. And yet, all of a sudden, they're an old football team, and they have no talent, all right? And this missing Deshaun Jackson thing, I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams. They put up 42 points last week, okay? Other teams lose their quarterbacks, their star players. No big deal. The Saints lost Drew freaking Breeze, and here they are with one loss. You have to find a way to get it done. And I don't know if it falls at Wentz's feet. I'm not ready to throw that those bricks at him yet, but it's getting close. I want to see a quarterback on Sunday that makes plays, that has a game that is won for the freaking ages. I'm talking three touchdowns. I'm talking 300 yards. I don't care if he's got to run for his goddamn life on Sunday the entire day. They need a win. He has to get it done. I don't know how I follow that up. I mean, for me, there's blame to go around everywhere. Look at, look at the offensive line. I mean, have they been that good this year? I mean, not really. They've had, like, one good game, and I would say that was the Green Bay game. Other than that, they haven't been good. You know, Wentz has kind of been under duress. He's making plays. But the other thing is, too, I mean, all these guys are dropping the football. Yep. You know, nobody's making a play. Like, at least there's Green Bay receivers that you referred to. Like, Green Bay's finding a couple diamonds in the rough. I mean, our diamond in the rough is Matt Collins. What's he have, one, one catch the last four games? I was on this guy's bandwagon. Well, well, he'd rather play special teams, to be honest with you, than uh, be a wide receiver in the National Football League. You know, if that's not a red alert right there, I don't know what is. And it's just, you know, my whole thing is this. Like, I think, you know, listen, all teams get hit by injuries, and you're hopefully that you have enough depth on your roster 
just like the Eagles did in 2017, where it's next man up. I, I just think a lot of it, man, I would say, I would say, I think right now, man, I think 60% of it is coaching. It's just severe coaching flaws and 40% of it's talent. And, and the coaching flaws, I don't see the defense making adjustments. I see guys not being able to communicate. When, the, when, when Dallas caught that one-yard touchdown when everybody got faked out of their bridges, there was people running off the field. Like, they just – and I think that was after the play, after somebody faked an injury on our team. Yeah, it was uh, Derek Barnett. When, Derek Barnett went down with a cramp. Yeah, he sat down like a baby. I mean, that was so beautiful. I go, look at this. I go, there's no way he's injured. I'm like, there's no and, – and then, you know, next play, they just embarrass us. And there's no heart, man. And, and Seth Joyner said it best on the post game. He's like, man, if you can't prepare, if you can't get up for Dallas, then I don't know what to tell you. And Doug, in his last, you know, his overall record against the Cowboys is two and five. You know, that's three straight for the Cowboys right there. Yeah. And the, the one game we won against them, that might have been the one where Dallas was probably resting their starters that year. I don't know. And we won on, you know, who knows. But it's just so bad it's just so bad there's dysfunction on this football team joe i don't know if you heard the comments by lane johnson oh i did he comes out he said you know players are missing meetings all that stuff i mean this is right and then malcolm jenkins said it wasn't true right and then now you got alshon jeffrey being leaked as the anonymous source saying that you know things aren't all rosy and they should have traded for jalen ramsey and all this stuff and then he doesn't even address it with the media he was gone before the media came to his locker today like, I, yeah. I don't know yeah. what happened to this team and the culture. And as Poopy Peterson said at the podium after the parade, it's the new norm. Well, this ain't the new norm. This is no good. And, and then you look at the flip side. It's like, okay, if you make trades, can this, can, this, can this team turn things around if you were to make a couple trades? Now, again, I'm sorry. I've been on the Jalen Ramsey bandwagon. I know the ship has sailed. But that guy goes and plays for the L.A. Rams, goes up against Julio Jones, who has notoriously killed the Eagles every year that he's played them and did a really nice job on Julio Jones and caused the fumble, caused the turnover. You know, he hit the hell out of Devontae Freeman. And, and you heard, and I just heard on ESPN, like, was a Ryan Clark quoted Eric Weddle. He texted him after the game. He goes, it's amazing how one player – can change the entire defense on the state, how one player can make that much of a difference. You know, that's what we needed, you know? And Howie Rosen did it get the job done. Right. And we offered a, a first-round pick and a second. Well, they weren't going to go for that. So if you knew that they were coming back, you had to beat the offer and land the guy. The only reason I'd give Howie Rosen a pass is if this guy would said that he would. there's no way he would sign long-term right away. Or that he would be interested in signing. Right. That'd be the only reason. And I would not do a rental for two first rounders. Right. That's just sickening. I would not do that. But again, Manuel Sanders, another receiver. Like there was a guy on the Denver Broncos that I think could have been a good fit. Yeah, you said that four weeks ago. He, and he got traded today. Not to and the he Eagles. gets traded right. to that. Yeah. And we miss out on Clown. We're missing out on all these guys. Now, apparently they put an offer Patrick Peterson, first rounder and see you later, Nelson Aguilar. That'd be awesome. Apparently, it's not good enough. Well, then, then, then make them a better offer. I, I think they need to do something to change the football team. And right now, they're plucking people. I don't know if you heard this. 
We signed two D tackles off the practice squad. So what does that mean? I mean, have you heard any news on Fletcher Cobb? It seems that he left the Dallas game with an injury. Yeah, it was very late in the game. He was on a quarterback pressure and he kinda he just seemed to stretch his leg out awkwardly on a play where he was pressuring Prescott very late in the game. You know, listen, guys are going to play banged up. Some guys aren't. And that brings me to the medical side of things. Every single Dallas player going into that game that was questionable played. Every single eagle that was questionable did not. Excuse me. Darby dressed, didn't play a snap. Sidney Jones dressed allegedly healthy, didn't play a snap. So how were all those players on Dallas able to get up for the game when the five guys on the Eagles roster that are questionable, pretty much no shot. Like, I, I don't get that. If the if the Cowboys had gone into that game with no Amari Cooper and without a couple of their linemen, it's a way different game. I don't care how many points the Eagles get wrapped them early, it would have been a different game. But they had their guys back. They gave them enough to win. And when you have a defense that can't stop anybody, you certainly can't gift wrap them a 14-point lead five minutes in. Like, yeah. that yeah, was the absolute death nail. Well, certain turnovers, I mean, you know, I've discussed it before countless times, sound like a broken record. You know, whoever wins the turnover battle in the game, nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, it's going to be the winner of the football game. And they spot them 14 points right away. I mean, everything that could go wrong in that game did go wrong, you know? Yep. And it was just, just, just awful. Just awful. You know, this is eerily similar to the Philadelphia Phillies, man. You know, high expectations, you thought they might make a difference, and just total implosion, and maybe heads need to roll. Now, I don't know what Mike Groh does, the offense coordinator for this football team. Perfect scapegoat, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I mean, but still, who do you promote? And Miles Sanders, my God. You know, try to get north and south, my man. This is not college football. You're not going to be able to outrun every one of the corners. And he was in on that third down run. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I saw it. I saw the screenshot. The hole was as big as a Mack truck to his left, and he was staring at the backside of two linemen to his right. Exactly. I mean, that's just – it's just so frustrating, man, because I don't think this team is as bad as what what their record shows. I know everyone's going to say you are what your record is, and I get that. But, my God, we got to be a little better than this. It's just – disappointing it's just so disappointing to just see this team come out that flat right and then nobody cares you know nobody cares nobody looked angry nobody looked pissed that they just got rallied you know the fans care you know everyone's all hacked off and everyone's but but it, it just you know we needed that that fiery leader that brian dawkins type that brian westbrook well that's that Somebody was that was that's that's malcolm jenkins that's fletcher cox those guys grab guys by the face mask fletcher cox 2 what? years ago who was was it mills somebody did something Dale stupid and, yeah, and he Dale grabbed Dale. him by his teeth basically in a game the eagles were already winning by like three touchdowns cuz they blew everybody out that year right. where is that passion I don't know, man. You know, and, and, and Carson Wentz, like, he's 10 and 18. Excuse me. He's 8 and 10 in his last 18. I, I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I believe in this guy. He has all the tools. You know he puts in the time. But is he a leader of men? And I think that's a fair question right now. And I know that one or two wins can change all of that. And I know that better talent around them would help. And I know a better line would help. But at some point, you got to put this team on your back. 
in a big situation. And Green Bay was a game where he showed leadership. They got the ball out quickly. They ran the football. They got behind, but they rallied. Somebody made a play. Miles Sanders had a big return to get him going. They just haven't had big plays. And it's terrible. It's it's embarrassing. They've been getting out coached. They've been getting out executed. They've been getting out hustled, out emotioned, if that's even a thing. Like, it's it's just been bad. And I'm tired of it. Let me ask you this, John Mita. Last year, this team got beat by Dallas and got absolutely assaulted prison style by the Saints. We all thought they were dead, right? We all thought they were dead. They rallied. Do you think they can do it again? If they make a couple trades, man, seriously, I know I'm being this drum hardcore, but if you could bring in a a Chris Harris from Denver, a Patrick Peterson, just to shore up one of your cornerback positions, and then maybe get a wide receiver. I, I mean, I know the Golden Tate experiment didn't work out this year. He seems to be doing okay for the Giants this year. But I don't know, man. I, I just – I don't know. I, I don't know. It looks bad, Joe. I mean, you know, their schedule doesn't weaken until after you play these next, you know, couple games. Um, they're going to have to go – if they could take Buffalo, they get three games at home. The Bears are kind of shell themselves. Their defense has been exposed. Obviously, they'll have revenge on their mind. And then you, you get to do a bye, get to refresh, and then you get New England and Seattle. So, after they get past Seattle, there's very winnable games. They could possibly run the table because the competition's not that great. But this is worrisome, man. And I, I just – I don't know – I don't know how this team's going to respond. Everybody thought they were dead last year, too, man. I don't know. It's a total coin flip. I think this is the game. This is the game right here, Buffalo. If they don't win this football game, I think the season is completely over. If they find a way to win and they can win in a decent fashion, and when I say decent, I'm talking by like more than two touchdowns, trying to get some swagger back, then possibly they can turn around. But I, I don't know. It's scary. It sucks. You know, to think we had all these great expectations. I know I did. I mean, you know, a lot of people did. And to think that the football season should be over before we get into the month of November is so crazy to me. I've got a game I want to play with you. Confidence rating. Okay, I want you to give me a 1 to a 10, obviously 10 being most confidence, in the following five players. And I want you to grade them in their ability to rebound and be who we expect them to be. You ready? Sure. Fletcher Cox. Seven. Zach Ertz. Eight. Carson Wentz. Eight. Miles Sanders. Six. And Doug Peterson. He's at a three right now. <laughs> so you're least <laughs> you're least confident in the coach. Yeah, because like I, I hate to say it, man. I don't think he has the other good. Like, listen, some of the most successful businessmen in this country, why are they so successful? They'll be the first people to tell you is because they have people that are smarter than them around working. And right now, I don't think Mike Groh and I don't think Jim Schwartz and some of these other coaches and the D-back coach, Corey Ullman, I still don't know why he's so heralded as some great D-back coach and nobody turns around and locates the football. So, and again, I... I would love to know who's calling the plays, you know? Is this Doug calling the plays? Did they script the first 15? 
that does Mike grow and do silly have a lot of input? Apparently, like, here's what I do know, you know? Maybe they just need to simplify things. I read a quote from Malcolm Jenkins. He said, last year when they went on that run, he said, Nick came in and defensively, we had so many guys out of the lineup, we just simplified things. Maybe that's what they need to do. And I'm a big believer in that, even though when it comes to the professional level of sports, sometimes when your system is so uh, complex, you know, and hard so much, there's so many nuances. That if you just say, hey, you got to cover this zone, this is your man, simple stuff like that, I think it makes a world of difference. But there's a lot of positions, like there's things that we need to get done. Like the offensive line has to play better. I mean, bottom line, that was the strength of this football team. And right now, it looks like a clear weakness, okay? That's got to happen. But I think, you know what I would do, though? This is what they need to do, Joe. And I'm sorry, I'm just going off on crazy tangents. But look what they did for Nick Foles, right? They went back and they, they took plays from the Chip Kelly era. They're like, what plays is, you know, Carson good at? That's what they need to find. They need to go into that 2017 Super Bowl season when he was, what, 11-3 and as the starting quarterback and dial up all the money plays from that season and dial up plays. Like, the other thing is he's so stagnant, right, Joe? They never roll him out of the pocket. There's just no creativity, no imagination. I sound like Bill Walden right now, but they just have to do a better job of scheming plays and tailoring to Carson's strength. Get him out of the pocket. He throws the ball well on the run. Do some different things. Bring back the screen game. I mean, why the screen game is lost, I, I just don't understand. You got good running backs that can catch the football and can make plays, and you got linemen that can get out on screens and go down and, and take care and take out somebody. It, it's just mystifying that, that they're just playing this bad. That, I, that and I'd like to see more tempo. You know, like late, yeah, late in that game, they started totally. to move the ball with tempo. But here's the problem. Totally. At some point when you're playing tempo because you're down three touchdowns and you've got to rush everything, you're going to make a mistake. And he threw that pick. I mean, they weren't going to win that game right. anyway, but that pick was the absolute right. nail in the co- last nail in the coffin. And right. that's and that's sure. because, again, at some point, we got to go, we got to go, we got Like he's going to force a ball. It's going to get picked. That's that's the nature of being down two, three yeah. scores and trying to rush everything. But just some tempo huh? to the offense early in the game. Get Wentz seems to play his best when he comes up there and he just he's playing street ball. When he's back uh, there I, being Joe Montana, he seems to struggle. His his mechanics aren't great. He throws off his back foot. He sails passes. He throws bullets. Like there's just not a lot of feel or touch to his rhythm. I, I totally agree, Joe, and that's huge. I've been saying that a lot, too, is that he almost feels more comfortable in the two-minute offense. Yes. So maybe introduce that into the game, and I like that. You yeah, know, and listen, and then when you, of, need, when you need to slow it down, then you run the football. That's all. That's all. That's all. We have the running backs to do it. We yeah. just need to do it. They have been I running mean, the ball. They have been running the ball for positive yardage. There's, there's been none of, there hasn't been a game where it's been like 12 carries for, for 22 yards. Like it had, that hasn't been the case all year, all year when they've yeah. run the ball, the line pushes forward, even yeah. with Miles Sanders dancing around back there, still been positive yardage. It's just get the positive yardage and then figure out the third and six and third and seven. Occasionally they haven't been good extending drives 
And listen, the defense, it's a whole nother issue, but offensively is the thing that concerns me the most because you know the defense is going to give up points, so now you've got to control the clock, now you've got to get seven, now you've got pressure on your offense, and they're just not handling it well. That's why one more wide receiver, again, still, like you said, we don't know if Deshaun will come back. And I think it's after the bye, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good time to bring him back. But, you know, again, the chances of re-aggravating that type of injury when you don't have the surgery is pretty high. So maybe go pluck a wide receiver. You know, I like a guy like Corey Davis from Tennessee. He's a burner. See if you can ring, see if you can ring him loose, man. Dude, I mean, you look at the receivers on this team, like moving forward, future-wise, Alshon looks like he lost his step. We don't know how good our, our Sega White side is because he can't get on the field. In all likelihood, Nelson Aguilar is going after the season. Thank God. You're paying him $10 million. $10 million. Yeah, I agree with that. $10 million. And then you have an aging Deshaun Jackson. So if you look at, and there's no young guys in the pipeline, even from the practice squad where you're like, oh, this guy's got a future, you know? So Last thing, last so thing for you, okay? Yeah. Revisionist yeah. history. Here we go. Week two. Nelly catches that ball and Moon walks into the end zone. Are we even in this position as Eagles fans? <laughs> Against the Falcons? Yep. Because look mean, how bad knows? they are. Like, that's a bad team. Right? The Eagles are bad right. right now. But they're not Dolphins yeah. bad. They're not Jets bad. They're not Redskins bad. They're not Falcons bad. Think about think about the similarities between the Eagles and the Falcons, right? Back-to-back years, they yeah. represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. The Eagles got it done. Yeah. The Falcons collapsed on a 25-point lead didn't even get their title, and since then have gone from making the playoffs and losing the Eagles to not making the playoffs now two years in a row. Like, if yeah. if I was an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'd be finding the highest point building or bridge-wise in the city, and I'd be getting a cinder block to bring up with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a train wreck right, right. now. They just, they just traded their receiver, Mohamed Sanu. Right. You know, another guy, another guy who was kind of underutilized because they – they brought in the second-year guy, Calvin Ridley, kind of assumed the second position or the receiver position. Again, there's another guy. Any receiver would help this football team right now. Anyone. So, Howie, start making some calls. All right, brother. Sixers uh, tip off tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, real yep. quick, give us, an, give us another minute or two on how pumped you are for the trust the uh, process 76ers. Uh, man, I think this is the year. <laughs> There's just a documentary uh, that was released by, like, the Eagles fans. Like, this will be our year or something. But I really do. This team is loaded with talent. They're deep. It's going to, like you said, a week ago, it's going to be the best offensive team, and they're long. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, their shortest player in their starting lineup is, I think, 6'5". So they're going to create some issues, and now they – the King has fled to the West. Kawhi Leonard's out of the East. It is wide open. Yeah, Boston made a couple moves, but I really think the acquisition of Al Horford, yep. even though the, the Sixers paid a lot of money, just to have that veteran presence, just around to have him around Joel Embiid, kind of take him under his wing. I eat know some of those minutes really too, man. Well, eat some of those minutes and then share the load management. So, like, if Joe can't go for a night, then Horford plays center a night that Joe's playing. And, and even we have some backup centers that can play. There's a guy from, like, the Delaware, I don't know what they're called, the Blue Coats or whatever. I mean, <clears throat> Norvell Pell, who made, like, six slots the other night, had 15 points in, like, six minutes of preseason action. But 
it's exciting. I mean, if, if this Eagles season is going to crash and burn in the next couple weeks, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be following this basketball team all the way into late June. I like it. It was one thing I wanted to ask you was about defensively, because if you remember the Raptors last year, you know, they, they won because of their defense. Let's be quite honest about it. They they were not the most talented team offensively when they played the Bucks, when they went to the finals and played the Warriors. I know they were banged up, but they won it with defense. And obviously they had a star in Kawhi, but defensively the Raptors were maybe the best team in the league most of the year. That's what pushed them over the top. This Sixers team, if they can defend like you're talking, like they can defend because of their length and because of their depth, uh, should be a special year. Absolutely. All right, brother. Let's Absolutely. get on out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Beloved Podcast. Not sure why, because we never tweet, but we're there. Um, Johnny Mita, any give give us one positive send off note. Give me a, give me a prediction that's po- I don't even care if you believe it or not. Give me something positive, Johnny Mita. Howie Roseman will make a trade within the next two days. Wow. All right. Predictions. Chris Harris from Denver jumps to the Eagles. Okay. All right. I'm not making a prediction on the game. I, I just don't. I, in fact, I can't even watch three quarters of it. I'm be on an airplane. So they better figure it out. Bills Mafia's got something coming for them when the Eagles fans roll up to uh, upstate New York on Sunday. Go, Birds. John and Maiden, love you, brother. Love you, buddy. Great job as always. All right. Till next time, Joel Donald signing off. Brotherly Love Podcast. We'll see. Listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.